You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. You know, sometimes we walk through life with some blinders on. And, and sometimes we, we don't even realize that the blinders are on us. Now, most of you have noticed I'm wearing some sunglasses. They're the worst sunglasses I've ever worn because uh, they mess up your perspective. Because I can see you in front of me, but I can also see everything behind me <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> because they're, they're very reflective and with these lights behind me, it's, yeah. Uh, and so what does it do? It messes up my perspective. And I think sometimes the way we view God is through, I don't want to say rose-colored glasses, through sometimes the way we view God is through enormous pink-colored blue glasses. Because we see God as unable to handle our problems. We see God as, well, he can't possibly be concerned with my life. We see God as, well, he's too small to handle my problems, so I've got to stress about it. What if we would just take off the glasses? Suddenly, you would see all better. You would see that God is big enough to handle our problems. You would see that that God is a provider. You see that God is a healer. And so the problem is we... We feel like we just have to have everything figured out. We feel like God has to be black and white. He either has to be black or white. He he has to have this, this has to be true, that has to be true. But the problem is, God is far greater than our understanding. God is far greater than anything we could ever wrap our minds around. And we have to understand that. But the good news is we can't explain God, but that should give us hope because we serve a God that's big enough that cannot be explained. So today what we're going to be talking about is we need to be, we're going to talk about having a fresh or correct perspective of God. How do we walk in a correct perspective of God? If you have your Bibles, grab them, go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, we'll start in verse 1. As you turn there, I'm going to give you a commercial, okay? What is tonight at 6 p.m.? Night of worship. Night of worship. Okay, if you have any plans, I want you to cancel them because they're not important. Night of worship is awesome. Every time that we enter into this place, it is impactful. God moves, God shows up. It's a good time. If you enjoy the 20 minutes that we get to worship in here, now magnify that by an hour, and and that's what what night of worship is. But I know many of you Cowboy fans are like, well, the Cowboys play tonight. You're right. Cowboys play at 725. Night of worship is from 6 to 7. You will be home in time, I promise. Now, let me give you a little, little insight to how I view the Cowboys games, Okay. My, the God that I serve, he, he likes to reward me when I do the right thing. So I want to tell you ahead of time, you're welcome 
for the Cowboys winning against the Giants. You're welcome. And I'm going to tell you why you're welcome. Because my wife wanted to go out on a date during the Cowboys game. So I know you men, you're like, what? Does she even love you? Uh, I know. And I went on a date, took my wife on a date during the Cowboys game, and the Cowboys won. You're welcome. So when we, when we have a correct perspective on life, when we show up and do the right things, then the Cowboys win. So what I'm saying tonight is, if you don't show up tonight of worship, the Cowboys will lose and it's your fault. Okay? I'm just, I'm just being clear. Or, or your team won't, won't win, James. Either way, however you want to, however you want to spin it. God will honor you for showing up tonight of worship tonight. And you'll be on your couch by 725 to watch the Cowboys game. Don't worry. And if we're not out of here in time, trust me, I've got my big iPad. It'll be on there when it starts. Okay? So don't worry. Come and worship with us. It's a good time. So how do we have a correct perspective on God? I'm going to give you three answers today, and they're all about being fresh. Okay? I almost had him pray, play the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when I walked up here. But then I thought y'all would think I was too full of myself, and then you wouldn't get it till later. Okay? So the first thing that we must have to have a correct perspective of God is fresh praise. Fresh praise. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. Worship his soul. There you go. Okay. You wonder where that song came from. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. And forget not all his benefits. David is saying, David, the writer of the Psalms, is saying to you, you have got to worship God with everything. In fact, in the passing translation, if you read it, it says, with my whole heart, with my whole life, and my innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before you, the holy God. What he's saying to us is he's saying everything inside of you, every, every atom, every molecule, every part of who you are needs to praise the Lord. Now, guys, a lot of people tell me, well, you know, I just don't want to be too showy in worship. You know, I, I, I feel like I just need to be reverent before the Lord. And usually what those people mean is they just want to stand there and go, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child. And like you look like death, like we can see you. The worship band, if we look at you, I'm like, I got to look away because it's like sucking all the life out of me watching you worship. Dead serious. Come stand up here one time. You'll understand. Um, but yet, these same people that are going, I'm no longer a slave to fear, will be going at 725 going, let's go, Dak. Come on, baby. Woo. Yeah. Touchdown. Right. Then they get to church and it's. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Or yesterday, when Texas whooped up on Oklahoma. When Texas whooped up on Oklahoma. That's when, I'm sure you were out of your seat yelling and screaming. Either you're a Texas fan or Oklahoma. Someone was yelling and screaming. But here's the thing. Why doesn't God deserve that much praise? We'll worship a football, but we won't praise our God. 
Let us pray. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's all you needed to hear, man. <laughs> that was good. I felt the pause. I felt the, you know, felt the tense in the room. I was like, yeah, that's good. All right. So your, your shareable moment for this week is your worship should be at the level of the greatness of our king. Your worship should be at the level of the greatness of our king. If it's not to that level, if your worship is not... For Jesus more than it is for the Cowboys or whatever team you go for. I know some of y'all need Jesus and go for Green Bay or Carolina or whatever. I expect that during worship. Uh, <laughs> I'm no Slave to Rogers. Okay. If your worship is not at the level of the greatness of the king, share that on Facebook. Blow up Facebook today. So, the first thing we must have to have a correct perspective of God is fresh praise. Number two, we have to understand His fresh grace. Fresh grace. Psalm 103, verse 3. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. God not only has grace to forgive you from everything, He also has the grace to heal you from every disease. The passage translation says, you kiss my heart with forgiveness. In spite of all I've done, you've healed me inside and out from every disease. Guys, I'm saying today that God forgives us. God casts our sin as far as the east is from the west. But sometimes we need him to heal us. You know, and I know that physical wounds are, are easier to see. You know, I've. I feel bad for Vince. I feel like we need to lay hands on him. He had surgery. And, and his wounds are very evident. He's got his sling on. He's getting better, praise Jesus. But there's wounds that, are, that no one can see. Inner wounds. Wounds of our hearts that no one can see. And what God is saying to you is he's saying that there's hurts that are going on in your life. There's hurts that you have that you need to lay them down. Because here's the thing, guys. All Satan wants to do is keep us from being the best that we can be. And he can use that emotional hurt. He can use those emotional hurts to chain us down and help us to keep going. Because when we're hurt, we focus on the wrong things. When we're hurt, we focus on the hurt instead of keeping our eyes up. You know, it, it reminded me of my son, Isaiah. I don't know if you've ever seen him crawl. He crawls like a pirate, like he's got one hand and he's like, just watch him crawl sometimes. It's really hard to explain. And we, and we, we asked the doctor, we're like, is there something wrong with him? I mean, if you look at him, you're like, that's weird because you crawl. I mean, if you crawl, you, you all fours, but no, he's, he's sliding on his hip. Yeah, he's got scooting on one. He's like, eh, eh. but dude, that kid can move. I mean, if he wants something, he's going to get it. The other day, I, he saw me coming to get him, and he started running away from me. I'm like, come here. Come here. He's getting so fast, I have to chase him down. But the doctor said something that I thought was cool that I think relates to the hurts. He crawls like that because he wants to have his head up, and he wants to see what's out in front of him. And when we, when we crawl like normal, our head is down. So what I'm saying to you is when we're hurt, our head is down. We're focused on the hurt. But God wants us to raise our head and look for what's in front of us. 
Stop worrying about the hurt. Stop worrying about what's in front of you. And focus on what's ahead. Because he can heal the hurt. He can heal the past. But God is saying to you, focus on what I have for you ahead. Because what I have for you ahead is far greater than anything you can imagine. God's grace is always available even when we don't deserve it. Let's face it, none of us are good enough to deserve God's grace. None of us are good enough to have earned what he did for us. But he did it anyway. And he offers it daily for us. Number three. So, to have a correct perspective, one, you need fresh praise. Two, you need fresh grace. And number three, you need fresh faith. Fresh faith. Psalm 103, 4 through 5. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Not only does the Lord forgive us, he also restores us. He makes us better. He's not satisfied with the old version of you. He loves the new version. And the passage translation says, you've rescued me from hell and saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy. You satisfy my every desire with good things and you supercharged my life to soar. God has supercharged our lives so that we can soar. Guys, what this verse is telling us is that God loves you so much that he reached down into the pit of hell, pulled you out, and put a crown on your head. Not only did he rescue you from what you deserve, we all deserved hell. And he rescued us and crowned us as heirs to the throne, as sons and daughters of the king. Now, do we deserve that? No. But what God is saying is, is I took you from the pit of hell and made you royalty. So stop letting Satan tell you who you are and start allowing God to show you what he, think you, what he thinks you can be. You know, one of the greatest things that Satan can do to distract us is make us insecure, to make us, to make us doubt who we are in God, to make us think that we are no good to anyone. But what God wants you to understand is that you are royalty. You are a son and daughter of the most high king. And don't let the evil one tell you any different. Sometimes our insecurity is just as much as a chain that needs to be broken as cancer or any physical illness. Because God, God has made you to be something great. Guys, I'm here to tell you, I have to get over my insecurities Daily. You know, I, I don't feel like I'm good enough to be up here to be your pastor. But God keeps telling me day after day after day after day, you're not good enough. But I'm on your side and I've made you good enough, so stop worrying about it and get to work. He tells me that all the time. So I know if he has to tell me, I know he has to tell you. So stop letting Satan define who you are. And let God show you what he's going to make you to be. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you in your life today? If you're new here at Hope Church, welcome. I always try to uh, end with three questions to challenge you throughout your week. Number one, do you need God to save you from the pit today? Guys, what we all deserve 
We all deserve the pit of hell. That's what we deserve. We're all sinners. The Bible tells us that we all are. But the cool thing is, is that Jesus made a way. He reached his hand down. You ever needed to get out of the pool and you couldn't just pull, pull yourself up over the, the uh, you know, young kids do it so easy. And then as you get older, you're like, man, that used to be really easy. But somebody reaches your, their hand out and then they can pull you right out. But here's the thing. Sometimes we don't reach for God's hand. Sometimes we think, ah, I'm good. I'm good with hanging out here in the pit of hell. I'm not worried about it. I don't need your hand. But what I'm saying to you guys is we have to grab that hand. Jesus went in and he saved us from the pit of hell, but we have to grab his hand. We have to allow him to lead us throughout our lives. And so what I'm saying to you today is if you've never given your heart truly over to Jesus, if you've never begun a relationship with him, today's your day. Now, I relate a, a relationship with Jesus much like an earthly relationship. Now, my wife and I, we met on a blind date at Red Lobster. Yes. Cheddar Bay biscuits will get anybody a date, right? Yeah. So had I walked into said Red Lobster in Abilene, Texas, and immediately popped down on one knee, what would you think have happened? Do you think she would have said yes? No, she said, get away from me, you creep, right? Something along those lines. But I took her out on more dates. I was a good boyfriend, so I took her to Starbucks. Yeah. And we sat, and we sat. We didn't have, we didn't, cell phones weren't as cool back then because it was like 10 years ago. Uh, so we just sat and looked at each other in the eye and we talked. I know this is a, guys, if you want to get a girl, put your phone down, just look her in the eyes and say, I'm here to talk to you, baby. It worked for me. Four kids later, something happened. All right? Thank you. Thank you. Don't make that weird. You don't have to make it weird. You made it weird. I didn't make it weird. Uh, I never made it weird. It was you. Um, But what I was saying before y'all got me way off track is that, that much in the way that it took some time to cultivate the relationship, it took some time for me to get to know my wife, eventually I proposed to her and then we decided to spend our lives together, much in the same way with Jesus. Now, some of us work faster. Crystal and I were engaged within six weeks. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, wow, I, was like, I, didn't just, I just didn't want her to change her mind. Because I knew she was a woman of integrity, and if she said that she was going to marry me, she was going to do it. So I had to get down on the one knee as fast as I could. So, but the speed in which we go is different for everybody. But guys, if you're new here today and, and you've never heard about Jesus, you don't know a whole lot about Jesus, what I'm saying to you is it, it's time to get to know more about him. Because what I'm saying to you is, is you need to give your heart, you need to give your life over to Jesus. This is a process. And once you give your heart over to Jesus, the process begins from there. I mean, every one of y'all that got married, because these young people don't know, once you got married, was everything easy? Who said yes? Ronnie Joe, I know you're lying, okay? I've been on an airplane with your husband. 
Side note, Paul, we're walking in 7.30 in the morning in an airplane, okay? He's like, hey, guys, y'all want to do karaoke? Anybody want to do karaoke in here? We're like, hey, at 7 in the morning, everybody's looking at us going, stop talking to me. <laughs> so I know that y'all have had to work through some of those things. But yeah, once you, once you get married, it's not like everything suddenly, it's like you, you float in on a cloud. Sorry, Justin and Abigail. It's, you know... The first, the first year of marriage I've heard is the hardest um, because you're, you're trying to take two sinners that haven't lived together. Now it's time to live in the same house all the time and you fight over things like toilet paper and where you squeeze the toothpaste from. You never thought you, never thought you wouldn't speak to someone over such things. But marriage will do that. And then you're like, if you ever, you're like, <laughs> never mind. Okay. <laughs> the things you want to commit murder over, you're just like, toothpaste, man. Respect me, toothpaste. <laughs> but much in the way that you have to work at a relationship with your spouse, you have to work at your relationship with God. It's not like suddenly you say the prayer and you've arrived. What I'm saying is, is once you give your life over to Jesus, much in the way that you've got some things to work through in your marriage, you've got to work through some things with Jesus. And so don't think that you've arrived. You will never arrive until you get to heaven. That's when you will be perfect. So number two, this is actually a statement. It says, do you need to praise God for all that he's done for you? Guys, we have so much to be thankful for as a church. You know, we started this year with a dream. We started this year with a dream to build a building. And we ended the year with that dream realized. And guys, I don't know if if you know this, but we've had back-to-back weeks of record attendance on a Sunday morning. Now, I'm not talking about... Yeah. I'm not talking about Easter. I mean, you know, Easter's the day that everybody goes to church. You know, it's almost like they feel guilty if they don't go to church. Um, You know, we don't, we won't break Easter on a normal day. But we've had back-to-back, and not only record Sunday mornings, we've had back-to-back record Wednesday nights as well. And so God is working and God is doing it. The, The cool thing is, he says, if you will be faithful and increase your nets, I'll fill them up. So here's the thing. He's increasing our nets. He's filling them up. So celebrate. Praise him for what he's done. Because we have to praise him. Because in a few short weeks, we're going to talk about the next. I'm just kidding. (laughs) We're going to talk about the next building project. No, I need a break. (laughs) Construction people. And the last question I have for you is this. As Pastor Mo comes back. Even though we don't deserve it, do you need God to heal you today? Now, we're not just talking about physical healing. You know, for sure, if you've got things going on, today's our our cancer awareness day. So if you need prayer for physical things such as cancer, sickness, pain, whatever, we want you to come forward for prayer today. But God has just really placed on my heart for this message that there's a lot of people out there that are wounded, not only physically, but in their hearts. The problem is when we're wounded in our hearts, it manifests in so many different ways. You know, and many times when we're upset, when we're broken, we actually snap and get mad at the people that we love the most. You know, I, 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 
I find myself sometimes taking, taking things out on the ones that are close to me, the ones that I love, and that's how we manifest that hurt. But guys, what I'm saying to you today is Jesus can break those emotional chains just as much as he's going to break those physical chains. You know, like we, we praise for Mo's mom that, that God, is, God is healing her headaches. Yes, physical things are, are things that we need healed, but God is also doing some things that he can break some chains with your emotions that are holding you back. And so guys, in just a moment, our prayer team's going to come up. In fact, prayer team, go. Get in your places. Um, we've got some prayer team up here at the front, and there'll be some along the back. They'll be wearing their prayer shawls. Don't worry, this is not, if you're new, this is not some weird ritual. This is last week. Uh, we're not going to sacrifice you or anything. Um, not yet, at least. That's later. Um, <laughs> we talked about last week, Jesus healing, the, healing a woman, and she touched his prayer shawl. So we felt led as a prayer team to continue to wear the prayer shawls because we believe that God is going to still use that to bring healing. So I want to encourage you guys today. God can break the chains. Whatever is going on in your life, He can break those chains. Don't let years of pain keep you back. Don't let something that's bothering you now hold you back. Allow God to take those chains. And don't leave this place unless you've laid them at the foot of the cross. It's like I talked about with Isaiah. We don't want our head to be down. We want our head to be up. Looking forward towards what God has called us to do. So stop allowing Satan to push your head down. Worried about sickness. Worried about pain. Worried about hurts. Stop pushing your head down. Allow God to push your head forward. And allow us to pray for that today.